seen the Marvel Cinematic Universe all the way from the first movie which was Iron Man 1 up until Avengers Endgame you'll definitely know that the big bad of the entire thing was Thanos. Thanos really big purple guy um what's his name yeah Star-Lord in the movie Endgame calls him <laughs> Squidward or was that no 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 it was Tony Stark who called the Ebony Maw Squidward and Star-Lord said Thanos had a nutsack of a chin, <laughs> which I find pretty funny. But here I will detail everything about Thanos, um, but his comic book counterpart and how vastly different he is um, from his motivations, his mannerisms, the way he acts, how vastly downgraded he is from the MCU. Like Thanos in the MCU is good, but not as good as his comic book counterpart, you know, in terms of power, intelligence and strategic capabilities. Thanos is smart. And I want to get into a little bit about how Thanos is actually a really, really great example of a slave to his own desires. But I'll, I'll get into that in a bit. Um, what I wanted to start off is the rundown of Thanos' origin stories, and it's pretty messed up at the beginning. Now, to start off, Thanos was created by Jim Starlin in 1973 and first appeared in Invincible Iron Man number 55. Now, Jim Starlin is basically the main writer of Thanos' storylines, you know, all the way from Infinity, well, he wrote Infinity Gauntlet, um, in Infinity Crusade, Infinity, so many Infinity, the Infinity Saga is basically written by Jim Starlin, and they're all based on Thanos and another character that I probably will do in the future called Adam Warlock. Um, he's based kind of like the antithesis to Thanos himself. Now, a quick little story, Thanos is based off of Darkseid from DC Comics, but when Jim Starlin came up with the idea of Thanos, um, he actually based it on another character called Metron. Uh, he's a DC character called Metron. Uh, it doesn't really matter that much, but when he brought up the idea to Roy Thomas, um, Roy Thomas, who was the editor at that time, told him that if he wanted to base Thanos on a DC character, make him a ripoff of the better one. <laughs> Make him a ripoff of Darkseid, and Darkseid is probably one of the most powerful characters in DC Comics, and, well, he's generally just a really, really bad guy. I, I will do an episode on Darkseid himself. Now, Thanos was born on Titan, and it's the place where the Eternals reside. Now, just have a quick rundown on the Eternals. Thousands and thousands of years ago in the Marvel Universe, there were these really ancient beings called the Celestials. The Celestials are these really ancient and powerful beings that existed for nearly as long as the universe. 
and they conducted an experiment on life on humans and from that there were two other races that were created the deviants and the eternals now the deviants were these monstrous looking creatures they were like these really monstrous looking ugly looking humanoid creatures <laughs> and humans stayed humans because you know humans and the eternals were these like angelic like beings that live long lives were blessed with abilities and the eternals reside on saturn's moon titan and they've been there ever since uh but Recently in the comics, I think they have moved on to another planet, I think. And I'm not sure if Titan in the MCU is the same one as the comics. Um, hopefully the upcoming Eternals movie will clear that up. Um, I'm not really hyped up for that. But uh, hopefully I'll, I'll check it out once it comes out. It also hopefully will explain uh, Thanos' origins in the MCU as well. Now, getting back to Thanos' origins, he was born to the Eternals, Sui Sun, and the scientist Alars. Now, when Thanos is born, Thanos is born with the Deviant gene, you know, that's why he's purple, um, <laughs> has a nutsack of a chin from Star-Lord. And just as he's born, his mother Sui Sun literally goes mad from the visions he experiences of Thanos' future, and literally just as he's born she tries to kill him and eventually um alars stops her but it's terrifying image of a mother trying to kill her own child and believe it or not thanos grows up to be a pacifist in his childhood which defies the way he is in the future and as a child you know he regularly chills and hangs out with his brother eros known as star fox um he might be in the eternals movie yeah, I'm not sure about that, but he might be in the Eternals movie. And despite how he looks, compared to other children around him, he's genuinely accepted by others. But, you know, he decides to stay as a loner for most of his childhood. But what really makes Thanos and how he is and his motivations is that as he grows up, he becomes friends with this mysterious girl. But she's actually not as she seems. That little girl was actually mistress death in disguise now in marvel comics there are these things called cosmic entities they're physical representations of universal concepts these entities always always represent a part of the universe itself for example all the spaces space in the universe is represented by a being called eternity all time from beginning to end is represented by a being infinity. There'll be other concepts like Master Cha Lord Chaos and Master Order. Um, I might have missed missed that out. No, it, it is, it is, it is. But Mistress Death represents death itself. Um, if the if the concept of death could literally stand up, walk around, and talk, it's Mistress Death. Now, Mistress Death, in the form of this little girl, grows up to be Thanos's confidant, his friend, and Eventually, Thanos falls in love with her, but like she always rejects his advances and stuff like that. And she was the one who always pushes Thanos to embrace a nihilistic nature and have an absolute love for death itself. And Thanos becomes fascinated with nihilism and just obsessed with death itself. Because the influence of Mistress Death, Thanos um, in his teenager years does some really 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 shady actions <laughs> with the worst being that before he he departs titan he actually sneaks into a mental asylum 
and kills his own mother. Which is really dark, which is really dark. But Thanos leaves Titan and joins a pirate crew, but he did leave his old ways of killing and, you know, goes and goes around trying to find a way of feeling normal again. Um, he does join this pirate crew and he was a pacifist for most of the time, which caused him to butt heads with the captain of this pirate crew, which causes him to get kicked out of it. Eventually he turns to Titan for, you know, for his one true love, or what he thinks is his one true love, Mistress Death, until he finds out the truth. But he still sticks to showing his love for her, you know. The dude is in love. <laughs> the dude is in love. What can you do? Thanos then goes, destroying Titan itself, and swears to prove his love for Mistress Death until she, until she finally accepts him. And that's how Thanos comes to be the mass murderer we all know and love. <laughs> Yeah, so that's basically the rundown of Thanos' origin in the comics. Getting into Thanos' motivations, which I find pretty funny, honestly. <laughs> First, just to go over the differences between Thanos from the comics and Thanos from the MCU. Minor spoilers for those who haven't, um, we haven't seen some of the movies, uh, such as Infinity War or Endgame. Thanos in the MCU had the goal of wiping out half the population in the universe because he thought overpopulation will deplete the resources of the universe and cause cataclysmic events to happen, you know, uh, apocalyptic events to happen on each and every planet where people generally just fight for resources. I still think it made, it made completely no sense whatever to do so because eventually, like in a few years down the line or two, we'll be back to square one. Now, Thanos in the comic books has a much more, he's much more capable and smarter than his movie counterpart, like, you know, and his entirely different motivations. Um, <laughs> the motivations, I find them pretty funny, you know, he just wants the love, attention, and acceptance of Mistress Death. Thanos in the comics is smarter the way that, the way he obtains the infinity gems in... The story Infinity Crusade, I think, where he gathers up um, all the Infinity Stones and which proceeds into Infinity Gauntlet. He outsmarts every entity that was holding on to these Infinity Gems in a strategic way. Thanos is, in the comics, he's much more powerful. They're the same, but they're, they're similar, but they're quite... He's, Thanos in the comics says he's better. He's better. I think he's better. As I said, Thanos just wants the love, attention, and acceptance for Mistress Death, you know. Thanos is a complete nihilist who has the love of death and causing death all just to please his love. Thanos has gone to the extremes in order to show, like, his love for Mistress Death. First was when he obtained the Cosmic Cube, which is an object of ultimate power in the Marvel Universe and caused mass destruction on, along the way, but yet... She was rejected by Mistress Death and obviously was defeated after, you know, a lack of his part, you know, due to his own hubris and arrogance. The most famous storyline regarding Thanos was the Infinity Gauntlet storyline by Jim Starlin in 1991. Um, just to go through it quickly, Thanos goes about the universe tactically getting the Infinity Gems, which are these powerful artifacts that allows a person to control a facet of the universe. He assembles the Infinity Gauntlet, and to prove his love for Mistress Death, he wipes out half the entire population 
of the universe and she still rejects him she literally says absolutely nothing to him and just turns her back on him um thanos is left in a vulnerable position you know he's and he's eventually defeated but uh infinity gauntlet is a very very amazing story to check it out like i mean the super the superheroes couldn't do anything it was just much the same as the ending in infinity war where thanos had the infinity gems but none of the heroes in the movie could do anything they were just completely outclassed and overpowered in the story infinity written by jonathan hickman in 2013 Thanos goes about killing children of each planet in order to kill his offspring just to please Mistress Death. Now, the term of his own offspring comes out of when Thanos was uh, part of the pirate crew and he went about trying to feel again and he actually had so many children. <laughs> now, in the story Infinity, he goes to each planet demanding the heads of children between a specific age all just looking for his son just to kill him just to prove his love to mistress death in the story thanos wins which is an amazing comic book by donny cates um in 2018 thanos literally achieves his goal of wiping out the entire universe and yet mistress death just says absolutely nothing and this rages thanos so this recurring themes happens when it comes to Thanos, and that's why I say Thanos is a perfect example in one in which one is a slave to nothing else but their desire. What I mean is pursuing your desire is good, but basing oneself, your life, your motivations in order to pursue that one specific desire, not so great. Taking it to the extreme in which others are hurt or harmed in this pursuit is insane, it's crazy and highly immoral. Well, I think it's highly immoral. The actions to obtain your goal shouldn't harm others. Being a slave to this desire and in this extreme makes Thanos easily controlled and manipulated by Mistress Death and others actually. And what I mean in this is that Thanos is basically a puppet of Mistress Death being groomed throughout his childhood and all his actions and debts he caused are all to Mistress Death's advantage. You know, she literally is Death incarnate. You know, the more people die, the more powerful she gets. In Infinity Gauntlet, in his vulnerable state, when Mistress Death turns her back on him, he's actually manipulated easily by mephisto now mephisto is basically one of those versions of satan in marvel comics um i will get into that probably in a much much later episode now the way it correlates to real life is that we can be slaves to our desires and that could be anything from money fame success um all that other good stuff and Sometimes it can be really harmful to ourselves and others if it's done or pursued the wrong way. Pursuing our desires in a way that is detrimental to those around us without a single care about who gets hurt, who gets, who's in their way, or what's done to my, to yourself as a person, it's really, it's, it's not good at all. It's, it's not good and it's highly immoral. It's not good for you. It's not good for others as well. And if done that way, we can also be easily manipulated by anyone just to obtain that 
specific desire. So Thanos is a good way of showing, you know, like how he is a slave to desire. And that's all that I have on this discussion of Thanos, the Mad Titan, and how he's a slave to desire, which mirrors the way we can be slaves to our own desires in reality. I'd love it if there's any other information you'd like to add and maybe see it in a different way, you know. Feel free to discuss it on my Instagram. Please follow and share this podcast wherever you can, and I'd really appreciate it. And I'll catch you on the next episode soon. I have lined up, believe it or not, I am doing it on the Dark Knight himself, Batman. <laughs> but catch you on the next episode. Uh, yeah, enjoy. Enjoy.